we're going to talk today about we're speaking about events leading up to Moshiach we're going to talk today about Gog and Magog now, Gog and Magog isn't just uh, mythical it's the first of Tzukim the first of Tzukim in Tunavi in Barton, Yechezka and in Zachariah they both talk about it, they both describe it the same way Beyond Gog and Magog that there's going to be a war the leader of the force is going to attack Yishra is called Gog whether it's a country or a person is a Mechlegistan Farshim there or it's the land of Gog, or the person called Gog, whatever it is. And is that going to actually be his name, or is this representative? That's also a question. Either way around, the, it's an attacking army which is going to, to attack Israel. The place where the war is going to be pitched is in Shalayim, that's the first of Um And it's not going to be just a small confrontation, it's going to be a major world conflict. Um, again. The Kibbats is Kalam and the Muhammad. So the Psukim are quite clear that a lot of nations are going to be involved in the battle. Now, what's not clear from the Pasuk is who's Gog fighting against. He's coming to Shalai, like I said before, that, that uh, Hashem says to him, I'm going to gather you and bring you and hurry you, you Israel to fight for Yishalayim. So that's the one side. Who's the second side? This is not completely clear. It's not completely clear. Is it a fight between two different groups of nations? In other words, in, with that case, we're going to call it Gog against Magog, which is his opposing force. And just the, the battlefield is going to be Yerushalayim. But really, we aren't, the Israel aren't a, a side in the battle. We just caught in the middle. Or is it going to be against Israel? The possible doesn't say that clearly. Is Gog for sure bad? Gog is for sure bad. Yes. Gog is for sure bad. Gog will not come from Yafes. And uh, Gog is going to be brought to fight against, to fight, basically, in here in Yishalayim. Like I said, it doesn't say in the Pasuk clearly who he's fighting against. Now, what's the other side? Now, we'll see the options in a moment. The, the point of Gog and Magog as a battle is threefold. Number one, it fits into what we spoke about last time, and that is it's a way to bring Kaishal back to Jordan. Because when a person feels they're in a, ba- in a battle situation and they the loser, right? so then of course the person doesn't feel confident of anything and therefore that brings the people back to Emunah, so the one point of Gog and Magog is to bring Kaishal either back to Jehovah or back to Emunah which is both because it seems at first, until a certain point Gog is going to be successful that's the first point, the second point it's going to be a means to punish the guy like we said before, Agadosh Baruch doesn't need all the guys who don't deserve to be in the post Sheikh world and therefore, one of the options that Shem has of destroying people who he doesn't want to bring to the world of Mashiach is too bad. He gets people to destroy each other. So the, the second point of Goyg is, or the Machlech is Goyg is it will be a means to, to wipe out nations. Yeah. And this is a, this is a Chazal. Let's explain the Chazal. Chazal say, If you see uh, kingdoms, Fighting with Miskaris, antagonizing each other, goading each other to war. That's the wait for the feet of Mashiach. What's the Pshat? Why, if you see countries antagonizing each other, is it a symbol that Mashiach might be coming? So, the way that Mashiach explains is like this. We know that every Ummah, every nation has its uh, star in Shemaim, which is providing for it. Now, each nation, depending on, on where it's holding in the world, has a certain amount of Khayyach that, that it's getting from its star. It supports the nation. But when the Sarim and Shemaim feel they're about to lose the source of their power, so they feel they feel threatened. They feel it, they feel that they 
attacked, so to speak, that translates into the people here feeling threatened. Because even though they don't intervene, but they can sense the uneasiness, so to speak, of the sire. And therefore, they also start to feel threatened, but who's threatening them? So they looked for people around them, like, who's, 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 who's risking, who, who we at risk of, who's threatening us? And therefore, the Chazal say, in Ra'is Samach, as far as the Bazur, the Pshat is, the Malthus doesn't feel settled, it feels at risk, it feels it has to defend itself. I understand it's coming because this, the Sire feels at risk. And why does the Sire feel at risk? So, it, it could be some that says about it is influence the world because another nation is going to take it over. It could also be if Mashiach is coming, in which case, all the Sire are going to feel uneasy. Because if Mashiach is coming, they're all going to lose their Kayach. If that's the case, if it's just one random country against another random country, it's a, re- it's a regional conflict, so to speak. Okay, those two Sire have a problem. But if the whole world is feeling uneasy and everybody is at, like, looking to, like, looking to be feel threatened and looking to fight, then the truth is that it means that all the Sarim are, are, are at risk of losing their prayer, which is one of the signs before Mashiach comes. And that it seems like the, all the Sarim will lose their power when Mashiach comes. So we made a war is a way of a person trying to defend himself against the th- a, 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 a assumed threat, even though it isn't really the, the source of the threat. Right. So we saw, again, so we saw three reasons for Gagamagagas for war. The first one is to bring Gaishal back to Trevor. The second one is the karma from the Goyim. And the third one is it's a natural consequence of the Sarim feeling that they're about to lose their Kayach. So the people down here feel that they're, they're being threatened and they're going to fight with each other, even though that isn't really where the threat's coming from. Okay, so that, that's a, a, a setup for the war of, of Gog and Magog. We just explained what the Pasuk said, which means there is going to be a war, and it's going to be based in Yishalayim, and it's first in the Pasuk. Isn't the Various criteria for Gagamaga. So firstly, let's talk about the options. Who's fighting who? Who's going and who's not going? Who's fighting who? So before we go to specific information what they said, let's go through what we know for sure. We know from the Psukim before. And like I said, all we know from the Psukim is who Gog is. Gog is the Rosh Meshach Vatsuvah, which means the leader of Meshach and Tuvah, the countries of Yefes. Today, commonly we call them the countries of Southern Europe. Um, that, 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 that's the places of, of Yefes, whether it's Greece, whether it's Italy, whether it's Turkey. Uh, those, those, those are the countries where Greg, so to speak, his influence, sphere of influence is. Fact, there's a Chazal. And Chazal said that the Muhammad of Gog and Magog is going to be a Muhammad between Adam and Paris. The two major world uh, powers were Adam and Paris. And he says they're going to get involved in Gog and Magog also. Now, this is the Gemara in Yoma, and somewhere in other places also. And the Gemara doesn't mention the Goyk. It just says that Lasid Lava, the war is going to be between Adam and Press. Adam is uh, not just one country, Adam is a sphere of influence in the world. Paris is another sphere of influence in the world, and each one's going to gather, whoever's part of that sphere of influence, and they're going to fight with each other. Okay, who's Adam? And we're talking about who's Press. So, there's less argument about who Adam is, it's pretty clear. Adam is Christianity, as is like the Gemara says clearly in a number of places. And therefore, when you're talking about the Malchus of Adam, we're talking about the Malchus of Christianity and the countries which are the actual Christian countries. Um, yeah. One side. Who's Paris? So now we have a, a big Machlechus. A big Machlechus in Akhron is who's referred to as Paris. Why? Because the Paris which there was is no longer. The Paris in the time of, of, of Purim, right, which means the Persian Empire doesn't exist. It hasn't for a long time. So, what, and it, it, so even in times of the Gemara, exactly, who are we referring to as the Persian Empire? So, the different Mahathir. The different Mahathir. 
There's those who say that the paras means Yishma. And there's maybe some basis for that. That it basically means the Islamic world. There's those who say uh, that paras means Russia. And there's basis for that also. The Goran says that actually. That uh, he, he divides the, the spheres of Elam and paras into the Catholic Church and the Church and the Greek Orthodox Church. So he says, Paris and Mada, I mean, Elam and paras is the Western, so to speak, Christians against the Eastern Christians. And it does say that Paris means Persia, literally. That means it which means Persia is Iran. Now, the point there is it's not as a religion. It's Where is a, it, Iran? Iran. Alright, and now that's not a religion. The third side is not Ishmael, it's a place. It's the same place where the Persian Empire was then in the times of the Gemara, right? And it's it's a place. It's the people of the place. It's not loved up with the religious uh, significance of it. So we have a number of different Mahachim in um, in the Akhronim about who Paras is. And Agav, it doesn't have to be a theory. It could be an alliance of all three. If it's the Russians and the Iranians and the, and the Muslims, then you put all three possibilities of Paras into one group. So, but anyway, it's, it's clear, like I said, from the Akronim, each one has the Emeparish explanation of who Paras means. The Gemara doesn't explain exactly when the, when the Gemara defines as the between Adam and Paras, which one's Goig. Right? It could be either. Goig is an army. Which army, we don't know. So it could be Goig is this army, that army. That's not the point right now. Right? The, the reason why the third, the part that talks about Goig is because what's going to happen to him, we'll see in a moment. But uh, when we're talking about the conflict that there's going to be, one of the sides is called Goy. If the um, if the war is going to be Adam and Paris, if the war is Adam and Paris, Klai Israel aren't really a, 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 combating, a, a combatant group in this war. We just get caught in the middle because it's going to be fought over the territory where we are. We know it's going to be fought over Yerushalayim. That's one option. We'll see the other option in a minute. Now, the Fila Gemara. The Fila Gemara that the Machlekes is between Adam and Paris, the war is going to be between Adam and Paris. So there's two things you want to know, and both of these things I'll talk about, but uh, there's two different Khazals in each one, and therefore there's a Makhlaqs about both of them. Unfortunately, Gemara, there's not, we're not, not in, making up any tradition, just recording information at this stage, and that is, number one, how long is the war going to be? The Muhammad we're talking about, between Adam and Paras, how long is it going to last? So we have two different Khazals, the first, on this topic. The one says nine months. If that's the Gemara Yom. The Gemara Yom says nine months, and it says that a siddha, uh, what the Gemara says there, is a siddha Malchus Paris to fall, to Malchus Adam for nine months. That's the one option. There's another Chazal, which says the war will last three hours. Shalai Shal. Now, let's explain something. It doesn't have to be a steer. It doesn't have to be a steer. Because in any battle, there's the amount of time the actual war lasts, but then there's a critical point of the battle where the tide, where, where the battle is decided by. Just to give an example, historians that will tell you today that even though the Second World War lasted for six years, that the crucial battle which changed the tide of the of the of the, which changed the balance of power was six hours. It was a battle between the Americans and the Japanese in some unknown island called Midway, right? And the Battle of Midway basically shifted the balance of power for the Allies. Even that was a very small thing in the whole war. It had nothing to do with the European theater or the African theater or anything else in the war. But Lemaitre said that battle was critical because that, that battle basically destroyed the Japanese uh, navy. And then he made America now could free, free, free troops to go deal with Europe. So even you're going to say a war takes six years, but the critical battle can take a few hours. Um, 
So the same thing here. When Chazal said the battle lost three hours, that doesn't mean the whole battle lost three hours. It could mean the critical point of the battle will be three hours. Now, that's the one point. The other point is with the weapons of mass destruction that are today, a war doesn't have to take much more than three hours. You can do a tremendous amount of damage in three hours also. But whatever it is. So we have different Chazals how long the war is going to last. Now the next point, and this is also interesting. Yeah. Now the, the next question is who's going to win? Who's going to win? Is Adam going to win or is Paris going to win? It's an operation of Chagos Nigamon. It's a Chagos between Rav Yudam and Rav on the one side, and I think it's Tanner Rafi on the other side. If Adam's going to be Nifal Lidia Paras, or Paras is going to be Nifal Lidia Adam, who's going to win the war? Not clear. And the Amos is, also, as far as the winner goes, it doesn't really make a difference. Because, as we're going to see, the points of the war will be the same. Whoever the first winner is going to be, the Mesa. Whenever the first one is going to be, the point of the, the battle, the outcome is going to be eventually the same point. So in, in round one, in round one of the conflict with, between Adam and Paras, who's going to win? It's Nachlaik and the Gemara. It's Nachlaik and the Gemara there, in the same, in the same depth, the end of the first book of Yuma. The Gemara brings both sides and with each other about it. Um, now, but that's not the echo point of the battle. That's not the echo point of the battle, that's just the first step in the battle. The Malchus of the, Malchus, the, the fight between Adam and Press. The second step is going to be, and that's when they conquer Yerushalayim. When Yerushalayim gets conquered, and this is the Pasuk of Zechari. And it says that he'll destroy the city, and half the people are going to go, and half the people will get his captives. Which means at some stage the battle is going to turn against Klai Yisrael, even though Klai Yisrael won't. Or the original point, reason for the battle. The battle, like we said, the Gemara explains is between Adam and Pras. And, uh, but at some stage, the victor, who we call him Goig now, that's what it says, doesn't, the Gemara doesn't say which one Goig is. Whoever the victor is, is called Goig. And then he's going to turn against Klai Yisrael. He's going to destroy Yisraelim, he's going to ransack Yisraelim. Like the Bible says clearly. Right? Yeah. Vasafti Eskala Goim and Yisraelim of Ilchama. That's the first part. I'll bring all the Goim. Yishalayim for a battle. The Nilka die the city will get captured. The Nashasu Abotim, the house will be destroyed. The Anoshim Tishachavna. The Yatsu Hatsia Irbagoyla, half the city will go into, go into captivity. The Yasser Amlai Karsmir, the other half will stay in the city. So that's what's going to happen on the day that, that the, all, Yishalai, the, all the Goyim come to Yishalayim and Muhammad. So that's the Zahadim Zachariah. There's another Zavur in, in Yechazka, I don't know the Pasuk in front of me, but the Pasuk starts the same way. The same thing. The day that Gog arrived, and the same thing. Is the city is going to fall and people are going to go into captivity. Yeah, so that's the first part. That's when the war, whoever won the first round of the battle, is going to turn against Klai Yisrael. And now what happens is, obviously, that uh, Klai Yisrael are, are, are in danger, as is, or, being, or being destroyed, or whatever the case is. And now comes the second part of the Gog of Carrying on the Hashem is going to come and fight those Goyim. Like he fought in the day of war. So Hashem is going to be the one to then take over the battle. And the Pasuk says what Hashem is going to do to the Goyim. Again, reading out of the Pasuk. This is going to be the punishment. Hashem is going to afflict all the Goyim who came to camp against Yishalayim. And what's the, what's the punishment going to be? 
his flesh will melt. We're still standing on his legs. His eyes will disintegrate into their sockets. And the China Timokafim, their tongues will disintegrate in their mouths. So this is a new kind of punishment. People so will just melt. All of them? All the going who came to fight Yerushalayim, which means whoever won round one and now comes to attack Yerushalayim, who we call in Goig. We don't define that as Adam or Paras, because it's not about that. Whoever Goig is, right, the one who fights, then Hashem is going to fight back. And the way Hashem is going to punish them, the positive is clearly, they're going to disintegrate. They're going to melt. Yeah. So then, therefore, what we see so far, what we're still going to ask in the middle point, is a second chilek. And that is when HaKadosh Baruch Hu steps in, so to speak, to, over, to take over the course of the battle, and that will be miraculous. He's not gonna, it's not going to be that people will kill each other in the natural sense of battle. When, when, when Hashem wants to fight against Goyk, who is now attacking Yishalayim, so it says clearly, And he's going to come and fight. Hashem will come down with, with armies of Malachim. Like we said, he's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to miraculously destroy God. The punishment we spoke about, that, again, that people will melt when they're standing on their feet, is not something that we know about so far in the course of battles. Right? Yes, people try to say maybe it's nuclear weapons, maybe there's other kinds of weapons, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But uh, whatever it is, it's not saying clearly what's going to happen. Now, so that, 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 those are the requirements of the, the War of Gaza Magad. People always want to talk about what's the Second World War. Gaza Magad. The Emesis people had questions about the First World War with Gaza Magad. And people had questions even a thousand years before, it was the First Crusade with Gaza Magad. Because that's exactly what you had. That's all the Christian countries of France and Germany and I don't know where other, uh, Austria, whatever, all marched together to Shalim in the name of Christianity to fight the Muslims. So people at the time also thought maybe it's Gaza Magad. Right? And the way we can say the Gogumagog is by the result. What happened? What happened? So that would probably be the best batch for Gogumagog because they actually got Yerushalayim and fought in Yerushalayim. Right? All the other battles never really got. The Second World War, for example, never even got in Jerusalem. Right? It was a nest, but uh, the Germans never, never crossed the Suez Canal. So that, that definitely wasn't Gogumagog. Definitely wasn't Gogumagog because there was no battle in Yerushalayim. Right? But even, even those times when there were battles in Yerushalayim, the way to prove it, if it was or wasn't, is what happened. And if it didn't play out the way Gogo Magog is meant to play out, then obviously it wasn't. Right. And therefore, so therefore the, the, the factors we know about, the factors we know about Gogo Magog, it'll be, the Kibbat is Kodam and Yishlan and Muhammad, like I saw at the beginning, that will be between them. And whoever's going to win is going to win, and will turn against Yishlan. And then Akadish Baruch is going to have to be the one to, to fight back, so to speak, to destroy them. The other Pasukim in the Vod Yichasko, there when it talks about it, it says that after the Hashem's reward for Goyg, because what he needs a reward for, the Hashem's reward for Goyg is that they'll, that they'll be buried. And it talks about it'll take a few months for people to go around burying all the soldiers of Goyg who are all disintegrated around Yishalayim. And besides, he mokoyim Goyg kebal hori Yisrael. Right, so, that, so that, that, therefore the, the Nevim aren't unclear. They say very clearly what's going to happen. So the Apostle doesn't talk about that. The positive is what's going to happen to the city, and the positive is what happens to the going to captivity, but doesn't talk about more than that. There are Akhrani, the Amit Kabbalim, such as the Chesed Lavram, Azulai, for example, and others, who give all kinds of interesting numbers about how many Jews will be left, how many people will get harmed, whatever it's going to be. Um, that's not in the category of the book. That's in the category of what they thought, based on whatever they decided they're based on. But it's not like a first positive or not. And the reason for that is, is because. The MS, that that's something which is up to people at the time. If the point of Gog Magog is, we, we clients shall still have an opportunity to do the job then. 
So then, doing trouble will prevent us getting hot. And if that is all done to trouble, then yes, like maybe they will be hot. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they should all be hot, but then that's up to them. That's up to them. That, that, that hasn't been predetermined, it hasn't been written for us in the lobby. And that's the next point. What we said, why, why, why other wars, like the Holocaust or whatever it was, wasn't going to work And that is, there's a very big difference in Ashkaf between wars, like the Second World War, like the First World War, whatever it is, and going to And that is, the other Milchamas, which we used to, have come as a punishment. It's not my place to play the role of being Hashem and tell you what the punishment was for. Whatever Akash Baruch decided to punish, we decided to punish. And uh, if Hashem decides to punish, so that's okay, so we have a rule, which is in the Gemara also. And then Akash Baruch gives the Mashkas the chance to go, and the Mashkas gives the chance to go, and the Mashkas gives the chance to go. If Hashem is punishing, he everybody. And therefore, even though a lot of people with Tzadikim and Kedoshim and Tahirim died in the gas chambers, and same thing, were killed in the First World War, or killed in the Cossacks, or the Crusades, or any other conflict that's been, that's part of this principle. That when the Mashkas is given a choice to go, he kills. He kills everybody. That's the idea of war when war is coming as an Oynish. That's the idea of, of, of war when it's a punishment collectively. The war of Goyga Magog is not an Oynish. And that's an important point. I'll show you from the Gemara in a moment. The war of Goyga Magog is not an Oynish. What the Gemara calls a Biru. It's to separate between those people who deserve to be saved and those people who don't. Because this the closing the closing scene of the Nebuah I just read you. And that is, therefore, to get to that stage, there has to be a bureau, there has to be a selection process of who deserves it and who doesn't. And therefore, the Gemara asks, or anything else, what can a person do to be saved? The Gemara never said, from the Gestapo or from the Nazis, because it's nothing to do. If it's a group, if it's a collective punishment, then the Mashkos isn't matter. If a Nebuch, a person was in the time, whatever Hashem's Cheshmer was putting him there, but the Masa, there's nothing to do to be saved. It's a, that, that's Oynish. Masha'ink and Gogamogog is not Oynish. Gogamogog is pure. And therefore, the people who deserve to will be saved. It's not a collective punishment for everybody. It's a question of if a person deserves to be saved, he will be saved. And if a person doesn't deserve to be saved, he won't be saved. And therefore, the Gemara says, if he's, whatever the Gemara's number of the is what to do to be saved from Gogamogog, the Pshat is it works. Because it's not when it's coming as an oynish, then there's no problem. When it's coming as a bearer, as a selection, then other other the people who deserve to be saved will be saved, and that's an uh, important point to know. Because otherwise, the idea of a battle which involves the whole world, and the idea of a battle which centers in Yisrael, and the idea of half the people going into captivity, whatever else is going to be, most people are very scared of that. It's not something to look forward to. Right. But the emphasis is there's nothing to be scared of, because it's not the wars we know about which are collective punishments. The war of Gogamogog is selection, and other of a person who's a tzaddik will be saved. And that's the first in the Psalm also. That Nisha Karakosu will be saved. Whoever's written Hashem's book to be saved will get saved. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a Shiloh of Oynish. Which is the Gzeris Shemayim, which isn't totally on me. Then I'm scared because I can't do anything about it. Something which is up to me, and it's completely in my hands to, do, to, to work on, and I'm going to be scared of it. I don't. Do what you need to do. Work in your mind, work on Shiva, whatever it's going to be, because you have the tools you need to do yourself. And the best example of that was Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim, when uh, on the night of Pesach, when Akadosh Baruch came to kill the Bukhari Mitzrayim, so exactly this, Kaisha was scared for exactly the same reason. If there's a Mashkas coming down, he's going to kill everybody. And that's what's the first positive of Mitzrayim. It's not a Mashkas. Hashem is not coming to punish. 
And that's the place everyone gets punished. Hashem won't let the mashkos come to your houses, which means the bearer of the Nath, which is Mitzrayim, millions died. Millions died. But each one was handpicked. And that's why Hashem Dafka said the Bukhari. Because you have a room full of people, he's a Bukhari. He's a Bukhari. He's a Bukhari. And everyone else is alive. It's Dafka way of taking a chaylik out of people, but very, very like, precise. It's not everybody. It's not a whole district. It's not a whole house even. Exactly. Hashem Shayim. Dafka him. Dafka him. Dafka him. As a process of Bira. It doesn't often happen. It's a special nest. You know, like when the deals like, on an individualized basis like that, that was the that was the name specifically. That was the name specifically by by Marcus Bacharis. That's the concept of when it's not a mashkus. The process is first. The lawyer is not It's not a general destruction. The malachim always kills everybody. It's a specific point. We call surgical treatment, right? And that's what Hashem is going to do lots of love also. In the same manner, it's going to be exactly who deserves and who doesn't deserve. It's not a generalized thing. That's the three. The three. First two of the three points we're going to talk about. Number one, who we're going to go against between, where it's going to happen. Number two, how are we going to name these countries? So like I said, Adam and Paris we can talk about, Gog we don't know. It's one of them, whoever the, the winner is going to be. And number three, the fact that uh, that it's not uh, it's not a gazera of punishment, it's a gazera of fear. And therefore, whoever deserves to be saved will be saved. Now, the one question we still have to talk about, which is obviously missing from Zachary's novel, which we mentioned before, and that is, what role does Mashiach have to play with Mashiach the person have to play in all of this? Right? And it's, it's interesting that Zachary Tafka didn't mention a word about the person. Even though the nevur, the clearest novel of Mashiach we have, it also comes from Zachary. The, the Ish Tzamaf is riding on the donkey is the novel of Zachary, just the parish before that. But uh, a different parak. But he, he in this novel, he's talking about Gog and Magog. He definitely doesn't mention Mashiach Bichah. And when he talks about who's going to pass Gog and Magog, again, V'yatsa Hashem, V'nilcham Magog Mahem, V'om Daragla B'yamul Harazesin. Hashem's legs, so people say Harazesin. And then the, the, that's the false success. V'hoi Hashem L'manichol Kolaretz. The whole thrust of the, the Yeshua, of the salvation from God, it's Hashem. He doesn't bring Moshiach into the Bifat. And this is a question, because we know we're going to talk about in the next year about Hashem, the person called Melech Moshiach, who he is and what his job is going to be. One of his jobs, the Rambam writes, of Melech Moshiach, is to be Leichem Milcham Tainim, to fight our battles. So what battle is Moshiach meant to fight? If the battle which we, we're talking about, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, is taking the reins, and he's running it in a miraculous way, so what's Mashiach's job going to do? When does he come? How does he, how does he work with the story of Gog and Magog, which, which, which happened in the Navi? He comes before, he comes after, he comes during. This is something we'll still see about the next time when we talk about the identity of Melech HaMashiach. Again, not that we're going to try and name people, but based on the Pesukim in the Navi, who Mashiach, what, the, what are the requirements of Mashiach and what's the job description for Mashiach? We'll look at the Pesukim in the Sakharia also, in the Shaya, and then in the Ramban, the Ramban, the Bhattarari Bhattarari.